From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. I think, uh, I think Zuckerberg caught on to the fact I was having a little too much fun with the, the Facebook page. No, no, it, it's still up. It's still there. It's just, um, well, there's a feature I can no longer use as of this podcast. Oh, yes, Mr. Rob Root, thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives his name of the podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, etc., 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 for the next 30 minutes or so. Yeah, last couple of weeks I've been uh, playing around with the, the poll feature on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. And I granted, not a scientific poll, right? And I know that. It, it's, it's not like one of these Nate Silver type of things where you... You know, you go to X amount of demographics and, uh, you know, you pull this, you pull that, you weigh this. Nothing like that. It's just uh, whoever wants to can vote on the Mike Davidson page. And I did that for a couple of stories. And there's one in particular for this podcast I wanted to use. Can't. That option is no longer in uh, the status. And that's unfortunate. Oh, well, um, but I'll get to that story here in just a few moments. Uh, some uh, some media that's kind of keeping me busy. And, and by the way, I've noted this this past weekend. With nary a football game to watch, doing a lot more reading, and uh, I've made quite a bit of headway into uh, my birthday gift, uh, the book uh, Everybody Loves Our Town, which is a, an oral history of the grunge movement in Seattle going back to late 70s, early 80s, all the way up through the early mid-90s. Uh, very interesting stuff. Wife was asking me all about it. I'm probably about uh, 11 chapters into it. And, uh, you know, it talks about Duff McKagan leaving town to be uh, the bass player for Guns N' Roses. Uh, Andrew Wood. Also talks about the, the Melvins and how young Kurt Cobain was their unofficial roadie. Soundgarden. Did you, the one thing that I was really uh, surprised about reading this was that uh, Chris Cornell started out as a drummer and then would sing, but wanted to be a full-time singer for the band. So he did that. He, did the, he became the front man. He just decided one day he was going to sing. And you think about uh, how great that guy's voice was. It wasn't like this dude was in a choir as a kid or anything like that. No, no, no. He just decided one day he was going to sing. And he was just that damn good. That blows my freaking mind. Um, and also, because there's no football and because the mother-in-law just lives around the corner, you know, it's it's easier to uh, get the kids over there for a couple of hours. Uh, me and the wife are watching more adult fare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not not quite like adult adult fare, but uh, R-rated movies because you can't really do that around a five or a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a soon-to-be three-year-old. Um, so we uh, rewatched the uh, the Martin Scorsese classic Goodfellas, nineteen ninety, uh, which should have gotten Best Picture over si- uh, not Silence of the Lambs, um, uh, Dances with Wolves. Silence of the Lambs was later and deserved that Oscar, uh, but uh, it was. Uh, just a great watch. If if I was a, a film professor at a university, you know, teaching film class, and I was looking to, you know, burn through a bunch of grant money and waste your kids' lives, uh, if I was put together an itinerary of um, films to watch throughout the course, 
we would spend a week on Goodfellas because it has a great opening scene. It's probably one of the best paced movies I've ever watched. Great acting. It's just it's it's an intense watch. It's great. Whereas you know, Godfather was about the upper crust of mob, of mob life, and of course, Godfather was fictional. Um, and you know, it was more of a Shakespearean thing. This was basically the hired goons of the mob living like rock stars. And uh, that that's how I would best describe Goodfellas. It was just, you know, living loud, fast, and soon to be out of control. Uh, it was either watching that or the NBA All-Star Game, which is a complete farce. Most points ever scored in a, an NBA All-Star Game, and I know it was in my hometown of Indy, but I could care less. Like, I, I've said this before, man. Um, I've said this a couple weeks ago with... Uh, the NHL All-Star Game and uh, the NFL flag football pool is a thing that they do now. Uh, it's just, it's a waste of time. There's just no, it's basically, it's it's the same problem I have with watching the NFL Draft and award shows for that matter. Uh, it's just celebrities enjoying being celebrities and goofing off and having a good time. You're not watching the best performers they can really do. It, okay, they put up a bunch of points, but there's no defense being played. So what is the point, right? If, if you're going to watch your favorite athlete in action, you want to see them, you know, try to win, have a reason to win. The, the drama's just not there. It's lacking. Speaking of drama and movies, as I was going on about Goodfellas, uh... BAFTA, which is kind of like the British Oscars, that happened, I think, last night. Didn't watch, but uh, Oppenheimer is still cleaning up, and Oppenheimer is a good movie. Um, Killian Murphy is a good actor, and so is Robert Downey Jr., and they're cleaning up on awards. And I, and I always have thought Robert Downey Jr. was a great actor, even before, uh, even before and during his uh, struggles back in the 90s. And then when uh, they cast him as Iron Man, I knew he was a good, good actor. But uh, he said something in his acceptance speech last night where uh, it could be taken two ways. But basically he was saying, you know, my, my, my diminishing skills or diminishing reputation as an actor due to spending 12 years as Iron Man. Because as much as that resurrected his career, kind of hindered him from doing anything else. You know, you're, you're involved with the MCU. You don't get a chance to go out and do other pictures apparently and some people th thought that was uh being ungrateful toward marvel you know it, it's one of two things maybe it's that or maybe it's tongue-in-cheek just like yeah that's what the critics were saying about me and honestly i hope to god it's the the latter not the former because when he was cast as iron man back in the 2000s when they said okay this is tony stark and this was just after you know, him getting out of jail and trying to clean up himself up for the upteenth time. I said, as a fanboy, I said as a fanboy, this could work. Because Tony Stark, as a character in the comic books, is a tortured soul. Uh, he is an alcoholic, although they never really visit that much with Tony Stark in the movies in the future. But there, there was some parallels between him and Robert Downey Jr., and I knew that Downey was a great actor, and I was like, this guy can pull it off, and he did. And because of that professionalism, because of his abilities, they were able to build a big old universe from that. 
So that's I anybody that would criticize him for being in those movies. I mean, okay, great. You're not you're not a comic book fan. You're not a comic book movie fan. Okay, I, I get that. That's fine. But if he failed in his portrayal of Tony Stark, if he fell off the wagon and they had to start from scratch, that whole franchise would, would be in trouble. I don't know how that would be... I don't know how that would be a bad look on his ability as a performer and his professionalism is what I'm getting at. You look at the crap that Jonathan uh, Majors got into this past year and after one movie uh, one tv show with marvel he's done and they were hoping to tent pole around him with the ma being the major villain well that's out the window so what uh downey did as an actor um even if it was quote unquote just a comic book movie is a testament to his ability so i hope that he was being tongue-in-cheek with that speaking of failing uh comic book movies and because because the comic book movies are on the wane marvel and disney and sony with basically marvel 2.0 it's a strange thing Mar disney marvel has the rights to all their movies except spider-man so they have to share it with sony because sony bought it before the, the rights to that before marvel was bought out outright by disney it's convoluted i don't get too much into it but they're talking uh, i was reading the hollywood reporter about how uh, now Sony's back at square one with the Spider-Man franchise movies because they're just not doing all that well. It's weird to think about because you have the Tom Holland movies, which Sony does with uh, help from Disney, and those are doing well, right? Um, the Miles Morales Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse movies, uh, those are doing well. Tom Hardy's Venom movies... Eh, they're okay. They're doing okay, but but it's it's the Morbius. It's this Madame Web thing, and soon to be Craven. And they're they they're talking about how this is all a failure. I think it's just it comes back to the simple point that not every comic book character deserves a movie. I mean, Wolverine could do a movie. You couldn't do a movie about Jubilee. There would be no audience for that. If Jubilee popped up in an X-Men movie, I don't think anybody would care. But Wolverine could appear in an X-Men movie. He could appear in an Avengers movie. He could appear in his own movie. He's got Paul, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. Those are characters that can have their own movies. Madam Web was always like this, uh, you know, obscure character from the comic books. Um, and... She was, yeah, okay, she was kind of cool a little bit, but, like, it was just for, like, storyline's sake. She was never going to be fleshed out as this, you know, hey, she's going to be in this series that's going to run for about two, three hundred issues. You know, it's it just, that that was never in the cards. And Sony was banking on that, and Morbius, and Craven the Hunter. I mean, it's not that these are necessarily bad characters. They're just not movie characters. They're not movie franchise characters is what I'm getting at. And studios are just clueless as to how to handle this crap. Uh, the, the interesting thing about the Hollywood Reporter uh, article was they were talking about how, you know, with Dakota Johnson as Madame Webb, and you had these three young protégés that were female. They were trying to make a superhero movie that appeals to women, young girls, and it failed. Well, because I don't think a lot of young girls know who Madame Webb is. 
you know, the Taylor Swift concert movie. Yeah, they're going to go see that. Madam Web, not so much. And again, if you're making it for an audience that's not even interested in the character and people who have a vague recollection as to who this character is, go and see it. And they're disappointed. Well, you just, you're burning cash. So you kind of have to revisit your priorities if you're a film studio here. Uh, and if you want to make comic book movies that are viable, although options are uh, fast, very fastly dwindling, quickly dwindling, I might say. So, um, interesting article. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's got some daughters. He's a concerned father. And, okay, that's, that's great. He's concerned. <laughs> he gives a damn about his kids. Uh, his two daughters were talking in a recent interview about how they were moving to New York City, and Sylvester Stallone wanted them to be ready for anything. I mean, it's the biggest city in the United States, and uh, a lot can happen there, and it's got kind of a reputation as of late being very dangerous. Crime rate was at an all-time high for the city, I think, uh, last year, or tw in 2022. 2023 was only slightly less. So, he wanted them to be ready. He had them train with Navy SEALs for several weeks before the move. Holy crap. Uh, when you see Sylvester Stallone taking these kind of precautions with his kids, it's not just say, you know, buy yourself a gun, get yourself a can of maize. No, it's train with Navy SEALs. One would have to believe that New York City is basically a Sylvester Stallone movie now. And the only way you're going to survive New York City is if you're a Stallone. Well, the, the, his daughters have that going with for them. They are a Stallone, each of them. <laughs> and now they got Navy SEAL training just in case Wolf New York gets a little too New York for them. But I don't, I don't understand why they would feel they would be in danger. I mean, yeah, the crime rate is high, but New York Police Department... As apparently they're very confident about their abilities right now because a viral video that, uh, by the way, is linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page shows that uh, the New York Police Department has a dance team. Holy shit. Yeah, they, they have a dance team uh, to combat crime and to, to show off their moves. Basically, I, I think the hope here is if like you, you get your squad together and you start dancing in the streets... Uh, if especially if you're against a gang or you try to break up between rival gangs, you start dancing, they'll start dancing, and the other gang will start dancing. It becomes a big musical, just spontaneous song and dance. It'll make everybody drop their weapons, and at the end, you know, there's jazz hands. <laughs> it's it's bizarre that, it, and I don't like saying this about the New York Police Department because they are brave men and women who wear the badge and go out and, and try to protect and serve as best they can in any American city. And, of course, you know, they were uh, a, a very valiant force in what happened with September 11th, 2020, uh, 20, yeah, 2011, 2001. Sorry, it's, uh, it's a little late as I'm recording. They were, they were a big, valiant force in 2001 with 9-11 and they've got a dance team it's a joke because there are nfl franchises like the green bay packers and um the pittsburgh steelers that don't have cheerleaders and you have basically cheerleaders for the new york police department 
I, it's it's a crazy world. It's a dangerous city, um, and you kind of have to be ready for anything if you're a shop owner, not just in New York, but uh, anywhere here in these United States. Uh, take Tacoma, Washington. Um, this happened, I think, last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Let me uh, let me bring up the story here. Um, this happened at the uh, Selena One Market in Tacoma. Dude comes in to uh, the store um, and holds a knife up to the owner. Uh, knife, Kadaman. He says, "Listen, this is a holdup." And uh, Kadaman's just like, "I don't think so, buddy." And he pulls out a machete, a bigger knife, and chases the dude out of the store. <laughs> Says the uh, the robber fell backwards. He held the suspect with the machete, waited for the police to arrive, kept him in check. Uh, so he's played knifey knife before, and uh, <laughs> I keep thinking that the the uh, the robbery uh, suspect here. This was like his first time ever in a convenience store. Like you're not like like the owner, or like the guy behind the counter is not expecting to get robbed. Uh, but uh, uh, Naif uh, Kadaman, who is the owner, says, I just wanted to scare him. I didn't want to hurt him. Made a citizen's arrest. Good on him. Um, and I honestly, I really don't mind store owners having machetes or guns, for that matter, uh, to protect themselves because there's just not really any guarantee anymore that you're going to get the protection that you should get. And I'm not saying this is a knock against cops, but as crime increases in all corners of the United States, you know, the cops are going to be kind of busy with stuff. And let's be honest, there's going to be some police officers that think twice about doing anything because they don't want to be sued. They don't want to lose their job. And it's kind of a weird thing to be so scared you don't want to lose your job. But that's why you have guys like this convenience store owner in uh, in. Tacoma, Washington, making the citizen's arrest like he is. So kudos to him. Um, one guy I am never going to give kudos to is uh, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. I don't think there's a bigger asshole in, in the genre of rock music than him currently. And there's quite a few assholes in, in rock music. But he takes the cake. Now, Bono from you two, we have all made Bono jokes. You know, wearing sunglasses inside, making everything political. Uh, you know, you talk about, you know, he's bigger than God and stuff. Um, just, we've all done that. But recently, at, uh, at a concert that uh, you two did in the Sphere, in Las Vegas, uh, he changed up the, the lyrics to Pride in the Name of because uh, there's like a you know a part of that song where uh, you know Martin Luther King is assassinated and uh, you know they honor him with the date and everything. Well, they changed up the lyrics October seventh, and they talk about the uh, the concert goers out in Israel who were massacred by uh, terrorists, right? And uh, over thirteen thousand people, or not thirteen thousand? I'm sorry, thirteen hundred people were killed. That's still a lot. 1,300 people lost their lives needlessly uh, because of this. And uh, he talks about how this, you know, those of the Star David, they could not take your pride. And it was honoring those who fell. And a lot of them that were at this, this music festival. 
and Roger Waters has gone on to call him a little shit and how he's disgusting and how they should, if next time you see Bono, pick him up by his ankles, shake him until, you know, all the shit falls out of him or something and calls him vile and disgusting and all this stuff. I'm trying, of all the things I could dunk on with Bono, him honoring people that were butchered is not one of them. Okay, and, and and Roger Waters trying to dunk on him with this, calling him a disgusting human being, just shows how disgusting Rogers is. Roger Waters is, and if if it's one thing, if you're critical of Israeli government, okay, but you're talking about people that were killed. That's what Bono was talking about: the citizens of Israel being killed. And Roger Waters has a problem with that. You know, and Roger Roger Waters always talks about how he's not anti-Semitic. He's just anti-Zionist against, you know, the Israeli state. Well, Roger, if you, if you're making, if you're getting pissed off about somebody honoring those who were killed, the bulk of which were at a concert, mind you, I, you kind of come off as somebody who hates the Jews. It just, it, that's... If I didn't know any better, I would say, yes, that's that's what Roger Waters is. And he's just, this is a guy uh, who, for all of his genius, the stuff that he did with Pink Floyd, he, there's no bigger cheerleader for Roger Waters than Roger Waters. And everybody is stupid. This is the same guy that when I was at the weekend and Drake were playing in the same city he was that weekend. You know, and he was wondering why all the young kids were going to see them when he was more important than them. Dude, you're damn near 80. Your heyday was 40, 50 years ago. Just play Wish You Were Here and shut the F up. And it's amazing how anybody would go to a concert for this guy when he thinks it's disgusting to honor those who died at a concert. The the, the act's getting old, Roger. Okay, moving on. Uh, week removed from the Super Bowl here, and I know you're tired of hearing about anything uh, Swift, Kelsey, Hunt, Mahomes related, but uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, is brother to Taylor Swift's boyfriend, uh, it looks like he might be retiring. It was uh, it was a definitive, a definite thing few weeks ago now he's been kind of going back and forth on the fence for this um apparently Shaquille O'Neal and him uh shot the bull and uh talked a little bit at a Super Bowl party and uh Shaq said this in a, in a recent interview he was talking to Jason he goes hey, and this is this is great advice this is great advice Shaq said to Jason enjoy your wife and kids enjoy your family as best you can during retirement and why did Shaquille O'Neal say this. Well, in the interview, he's talking about how, like, well, he was pretty self-absorbed himself when he retired. And he got caught up in that life, the celebrity life, where you can do no wrong and you can't fail at everything, anything. And he pretty much lost his wife and was kicked out of the house because, well, he was cheating on her. He did not honor the vows. And... He says, it's all on me. Shaquille O'Neal basically took, owned up and said, hey, look, I messed up. I ruined that. Because I was all about myself. 
and nothing else mattered. I got greedy. And that's a hard lesson for anybody to learn. But Shaquille O'Neal learned it. How many athletes or rock stars or actors never, ever get to that point in their life that, you know, they, they keep doing the same crap over and over and over again and everything everything is somebody else's fault but theirs. At least with Shaquille O'Neal, he realized, hey, I screwed up. And now he's... I think he's still pretty much single, but like, like he passed on that advice to Jason Kelsey. And I know Jason Kelsey is kind of a wild guy himself, but he's got a young wife, he's got kids. You know, it's it's something to consider if you're getting that advice from a Hall of Fame basketball player. So, I mean, and, and I think that's anything, anybody who is successful in life needs to consider that. You, you can, you can have it all and still lose what's important. And that's what Shaquille O'Neal is getting that. All right, uh, a couple of political stories, because why the hell not? Uh, I hate this law, and I'm glad it got shot down in Tennessee. Um, first of all, I want to say how stupid it is to drink and drive. Drunk driving is reckless driving. It is inconsiderate, and you could get hurt. Someone else could get hurt, or even worse. I do not support drunk driving. Anybody that gets caught driving drunk should not have a driver's license and should look at some jail time, most definitely. And if somebody gets killed because of drunk driving, well, penalty should be even more harsh, obviously. But there was a bill in Tennessee that got shelved because it just wasn't popular. <clears throat> I think the Republicans down there were trying to um, make it illegal to sell cold beer because the rationale the, the rationale here was that if you don't sell cold beer there'll be fewer drunk driving deaths because you drink beer cold right you, know, you just you know you go to the liquor store buy a six pack you start drinking on the way home they think that's how everybody else operates not and that just it probably didn't occur to them that there are coolers and you can drink hard liquor warm. You just kick back a couple of shots as you're driving. And I, to me, it makes no sense to penalize and to restrict law-abiding businesses. If these liquor stores, if these convenience stores, uh, any of these places are selling booze the right way, if they're carting people, um, if they're doing everything nice and legal, why make their job even worse? Why hit them in, in in a recession that we're in? Why make it worse for businesses? And I'm glad they got shot down. But if you really want to make a difference, punish those severely who keep doing this. Make sure they never get a driver's license again. And if people get hurt, if people get killed, take the appropriate action. I'm sure, you know, if I sat down and write, wrote down what I really want to happen to drunk drivers, um, you could hammer out a much better bill than what these guys were doing. Banning cold beer. Seriously. Um, if you think that's wacky, what the Republicans were doing, how about this uh, progressive journalist in uh, England? <laughs> uh, what is she was on this podcast called How to Win Elections or something like that. And her thoughts about 
democracy where that you should get the right to vote when you're born. Like, you should start voting the moment you pop out of mama. And she, she said, well, you know, I can walk this back a little bit. You can have your parents vote for you proxy uh, until you're about 10-ish. So your parents could vote two or three times, project their own political beliefs and stuff the ballot box. Yeah, that'll save democracy. That'll, that That's how you win elections. It's the Chicago way. Yeah, the, the only... You got to think, though, like if the United States did that, how beneficial this would be for elected officials. Um, because chances are you would have voters more inclined to craft themselves than presidential candidates. But, yeah, that's just... This is a grown woman, a journalist, who thinks that's a good idea. No, it's it pretty much isn't. All right, uh, speaking of birth, uh, in Australia, this woman who's uh, 26 weeks pregnant, about ready to uh, board a Carnival cruise ship, denied because um, the cutoff date, is, the, the cutoff time for pregnant women is 24 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Um, and she couldn't get a refund back, so I think she's suing here. But, okay, if you are pregnant, now, uh, bear with me, because I myself can't get pregnant, and I'm one of the few guys on the planet that realizes he can't get pregnant. Um, if, if you're pregnant, what is enticing about going on a boat that could rock back and forth? Especially if you're getting cravings for food. Wouldn't that make you more sick? Uh, and And... I don't know. I would have to ask my wife about this because the, there is a nesting instinct that kicks in with women uh, as they as they get ready for uh, the birth. Going on a long ass cruise while pregnant, I mean that that could really wreak havoc on somebody, couldn't that? Especially if you 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 are carrying another life form in you. Okay, and finally, uh, Houston man in trouble because he uh, he's in his 60s and he goes into an antique store wearing a kilt and he's shoving things up his rectum and then putting them back out on the shelf. About uh, several hundred dollars worth of damage has been done because of this guy. And all I can say is, no, I will not be visiting your yard sale this summer. None of your yard sales. Not after reading that. Alright, with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.